Hi everyone, welcome back to Cycling Talk Podcast with me, Georgia Mahoney. Today I am joined by Australian rider for Alps and Phoenix, Alex Bogner. I first came across Alex when I was watching the Zwift Academy finals on the GCN YouTube channel. It's such a great interview and Alex was so open about his life before being on the Zwift Academy finals and how it's changed since winning that pro contract. Make sure to check out Alex's Instagram and I'd love it if you'd also follow my Instagram at cycling.talk.podcast. I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for joining me today, Alex. Thanks for having me, Georgia. I'm really excited to be here on the potty, as I've been saying in Australia, on the <laughs> podcast. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. Thanks for having me. It's really nice. What's your first memory of being on a bike? Um, my first memory would be, I don't know, when I was like five years old when my dad got me like a little pushy. It was called, the bike was called Chaos because <laughs> it was just absolute chaos to ride. And it had um, two little two little training wheels on it. And um, I think I rode the training wheels for like one year and then I got it off and then I had that bike and then I had like a, my second bike was a giant and stuff. So that would, I'd say, is my first memory of having a bike when I was five, as most kids do. What's the first bike that you remember being really excited about? My first bike I'd be really excited about was I, I bought this, um, uh, it was like my first year of mountain biking and I had like a good, I had like an entry level, X, like an entry level um, XC bike. It was like $700 Australian. And then I really wanted to start racing and I proved it like, I proved it to my parents. I wanted to race and stuff and I saved up for a bit of money. And um, I bought this giant XTC. It's like a really light cross country hardtail. And I was absolutely loving that. That was like, yeah, I was so excited to have that and walk out like I was shaking when I was buying it. It was so <laughs> I was so excited. It was like fluoro yellow. Yeah, it was amazing. I had that bike for quite a few years. So you grew up in Australia. Whereabouts in Australia? And was there a local club that you joined? Um, yeah, so I, drew, I grew up in a little country town in Australia. Actually, like, uh, yeah, like, I guess you could say maybe a little village or something. Um, it's pretty remote. It's actually really, I know for, yeah, it's actually quite chav to, to explain it. <laughs> for those English viewers, uh, really bogan in Australia. And yeah, it was like a little country town. And, and then I went, I went to the city in high school for high school and stuff. But um, yeah, it's like not much cycling going on there, but there was a bit of a club there. That, and then um, lots of people joined that. And then I, I joined when I was 14 and um, I did mountain bike. I was at the mountain bike club for a few years and then I went on to the road club. Mm. the local road club there so that's quite exciting what sort of training did you do with that club and with your family yeah so my dad was my first coach (laughs) and he just he used to give me horrendous training like like 15 minutes full max sprint so I just do a 15 minute interval and just go as hard as I can until like I've just filled my legs with lactate and just keep like (laughs) holding it holding the pain (laughs) It was really hard training. It was not fun at all, but it just used to give me really hard training all the time. And actually, even though I probably didn't do that much, I probably overtrained a little bit. And so he was my coach for the first like two or three years. And we used to go on endurance rides together, like for two hours on the mountain bike. He used to come back absolutely smashed. And then I tried getting a good coach, and then that kind of fell through. And then I had 
I found this really cool coach um, probably three years into cycling, four years into cycling when I was maybe one year on the road. And it was his name was Jacob Novak. He was an ex-professional rider. Um, and he was from BMC. He was uh, one of the teammates of Kiddo Evans and he took me on and and he's been my coach for like three. He was my coach for three years and got me got me into the Drift Academy. He got, he gave me those legs. So yeah, I owe it all to him. Can you tell me about your first race? My first mountain bike race. Um, I only been mountain biking maybe for like two weeks. And I thought I was the best mountain biker in the world. <laughs> We did, um, there was like this wooden jump that I went over and to explain it, it's, a, it's like, so imagine like a skinny, but it was pretty wide and it was a jump. So like it had, you, you, if you landed off it, you know, you got a bit of like a drop and I tried doing this massive tail whip and my bike went out, but I didn't know how to get it back in. So I literally just landed in the middle of the jump and my chain ring like got jammed into like the, um, the planks. And I just got absolutely sent forward and I broke my collarbone. So my oh, first race, I'm basically my first jump I've ever done the mountain biking. I just broke my collarbone. So I got initiated then. So yeah, that was my first um my first experience. I was like, yeah, I love this sport. How did you get the confidence to just go straight back and do another race when you recovered? Oh no, because I just loved it so much, like the first time I went out riding, I had to crash like three times and I still loved it. Like, it's just so, it was so much fun. I just wanted to get back on it. Like, it's just such, it's, I've just, I'm absolutely just, I just love cycling. You know, it's everything. So now I get so much enjoy, joy and pleasure just riding. Mm. It's really cool. So, yeah, it was easy. So, as you said, you did mountain bike growing up. Did you have to travel a lot to do racing? Yeah, in Australia, I guess the races are pretty um, spread out and there was a national junior series around that was happening. And um, like me, it was mainly actually me and my mum. So me and my mum would travel around Australia, kind of along the East Coast, you could say, and we'd do these national mountain bike events. And um, at the start, I was like maybe getting 15th, like top 15, and then I went my top 10 and then after maybe like a year, I got top, a few top five results. And then um, that was probably the best I got. But yeah, so I did have to travel a lot, like, you know, like catching planes and because we were quite, quite um, remote. But there mm. were a few races, there were a few national races in my local, um, in my local club, which was really nice and my local tracks. So that was cool. But I mean, that's the cool thing about cycling, you get to travel around, around Australia and the world for it. So it's a good excuse to travel. How did you manage your racing around your education? Yeah, I always like um I always obviously love racing and stuff. I like I just did school and I didn't I wasn't too motivated by school, but like I obviously did it and I had to like pass and stuff. So some subjects I was a lot more motivated than others. But um yeah, I'll, at the end of the day, even if you don't like school, you still gotta prioritize it. Mm. So yeah, in high school, I did like, I did like, um, I know how you'd say in England, but we, in Australia, we did ATAR or OP, which means like you can go into university from that. So I did do all those subjects and I, I went through that. So yeah, just so like, you know, you got to think about what you're doing after cycling too, or if, if it all, anything falls through, like, you know, you one day you could be riding your bike, you could just break your back and then that's your career over, you know, so you got to have something there else there in the back of your head. 
Yeah. Kind of thing. What do you remember about your first States national race? Um, my first States race on the mountain bike. I can't quite remember that one too much, but the first state, um, the first state road 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 one, I remember a lot because I was in junior gears and that was so hard. And the first, I didn't do too well in the road race. And the time trial, maybe I got fifth last two in the time trial. And then the criterium, there was a breakaway, and um, I like rode on the. I was so down. I rode on the front for like three laps. And then blew up and then got lapped by the breakaway. Then one of my mates got dropped from the breakaway and I tried giving her a massive push. But then also nearly crashed. <laughs> so that was my first road state experience. So, and then I got disqualified. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah, that was my first state road race um, experience. How long was it before you did your first national champs? Um, on the mountain bike, it was maybe two years into mountain biking. I think I only got a top 10 or something. It wasn't that, wasn't that flash. Um, in the road, it was actually last year on 19. That was probably the best result I had gotten so far. That's when I got fourth. And then that, that's what helped me go on, um, get onto a better team and get, you know, onto this NRS team, which would be the same as like, I guess the England, you know, the England division. Mm. I quite can't remember exactly what it is, but the same thing like so yeah that was really nice and the kids that beat me in, in that under 19s were like really good so yeah uh, I think I just got lucky I just I just was just hanging on and um I got rolled by them and you won the sprint I only beat one kid but I think um just finishing behind guys that went to like world championships and stuff I think that was really cool yeah and it really shocked my family too they were not expecting that you got a chance to ride the Commonwealth Games course in 2018. How inspiring was that to you to see top-level riders racing in your home nation? Yeah, so I got to ride that course um, in yeah 2018 on the day before the Commonwealth Games. And that was so cool. Like, it was a mountain bike. It was the XCO course. And we'd, I'd raced on that one before, but it was also just so cool to ride on it. And it's such a fun course. And um, they all had all these cameras there to like in the, had all the cameras set up for the race for the, you know, for the next day. So that like, my dad could watch me just like going down these mountain bike descents and stuff. And then I'm like on the big screen getting filmed. So that was so cool. And then, um, yeah, I felt really special and proud to be there. And, mm-hmm. and then the next day I watched, um, and not watched the race and I watched like Sam Gaze win it, I'm pretty sure. So. That was so cool, like to see Gazy win that win that um that Commonwealth Games, and now he's my teammate. So that's pretty special, to be honest. I was on the sidelines, just watching him absolutely like demolish everyone, and then now he's my teammate. It's crazy. How did you feel when you first met him? Were you a bit starstruck? Yeah, exactly. It was a bit, but also um I was obviously he's actually probably one of the biggest like. Um, my big one of the biggest idols I've had through cycling because he's like a Kiwi and he's he was mountain he was a really good mountain biker and that's what I was and yeah I was a bit starstruck but also at the end of the day like when you're on the bike everyone's just the same like they're just you know mm-hmm. just a bloke on a bike that's really good so you just get talking to them and he's like really he's just like everyone else you know which is really cool. 
yeah, he's actually he's actually like the he's the nicest person I've ever met. He's helped me out so much. So yeah, he's just an amazing guy. Very lucky to have him as a teammate. You started doing road in 2018. How did you find your first road race? Um, my first road race was in the clubby. It was a club road race in I think it was a handy, actually my first road race, I finished second on that one in the club road race. And actually my really, a really good friend, Hunter of mine, he was a triathlete, beat me in this, in this race. I think it was in a sprint maybe. Um, and then he, yeah, it was, just, it's pretty funny. Like he, he's now gone on to a continental team in Asia now. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I found it a lot of fun, a lot more fun than the mountain biking, I'd say, that, that first race. And I think it was like a handicap too in in Australia, especially my club, so small on the road. There'd be lots of handicap races. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a really good community there that I really enjoyed too. Obviously, Australia is a massive country. Who supported you to travel to all of your races that you went to, road and mountain bike? I'd say, well, both both my parents did, but more so my mum. Like, she really, she loves being a part of it. Like, she's, she's still got my Strava login and my training pics login, and she will, like, text me when I've done, like, when I've done new PBs and stuff or, like, in a race, we'll just try and, like, see what comms I got and that. Like, she absolutely loves it. And then she's the one that really, like, helped me travel around Australia and stuff, like, when I was young with mountain biking. She used to take me all the way, like all the way around Australia, yeah, to do that. And that was really nice. So I definitely say my mum would do that, yeah. What was the first team that you were a part of and how did you join it? Yeah, so my first team was on the road. It was um yeah, it was just called Mackay Cycling Club, like Mackay Cycling Development Team. It was just like um a group of just A grade, so like Cat One riders that were really good and um, they all had jobs and like, and were kind of middle-aged, but they were obviously really good. And they just, they actually helped me out so much. And like, I was able to ride with him the first like 10K, I got dropped. Yeah. And then they still let me go on these rides and they just showed me how to, how to ride my bike and how to be a good road cyclist. And then, and then they took me to races around, around the state and stuff. So that was really nice. Like that team probably like shaped me the most. Yeah, probably like developed me the most and was absolutely amazing. Like I had a really good group of um, adults to like have as mentors when I was like in in high school, which I think is really cool about cycling. You can like, as a teenager, if you find it, you can have like a really cool group of mentors like when when you're like 16 or 17 and then they give you a new perspective on life. Like one of those really, one of my really good mates was like an orthopedic surgeon. He's like 50 years old. He was like a really cool mate. And we went on and we did like races together and stuff. So it was really cool. That's what cycling, I think, does. It brings up always people from different areas around, like just around in the community together because of the bike. I think you get some great advice from the more experienced riders around you. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Really helps you like develop and stuff like. They were, re- they were actually really, some of them were really good riders back in the day. Like they helped some young Australians turn professional. And yeah, I mean, it was really nice to, for them to give their, their time and like effort and energy into me. So 
yeah, I'd say it was really cool having these guys develop me. Right at the start of 2020, you did the Australian Road National Champs and came fourth. This was a junior race. You must have been so pleased to get that result. Yeah, it's like it's actually a really cool result. And I never really had like anything too crazy before that. And it was actually really nice. And then, yeah, like, it's a, obviously like a big thing kind of thing. And then my parents were like, because I was, you know, we broke away on the final hill, our group, and I was there. And I was like with the best riders in Australia. And, and this one kid um, called Pat Eddie, who's now on DSM development team, like the year before he won and he broke away solo. And um, he was like, kind of portrayed as like the best rider in Australia. He was going to be like the next biggest thing. And I was like, I was there riding with him, like racing against him in this final group, which was really cool to be a part of that. And yeah, that was a really nice result. So that result like helped me get into this NRS team. And then that helped me get into like, to do some other really big races. And then I've got like a thing, yeah, another good result. And that helped me get onto another bigger team again. So. Yeah, it was really cool. That was an amazing result. It was actually, yeah, you feel really cool. Yeah, you feel like you because you put so much in, you know, so much work into it, and when you get a really cool result like that, it's all worth it, you know. Yeah, you joined a team called Avantius Pro Cycling. Can you mm. tell me about that team and how you joined it? Yeah, so my coach was aff- affiliated with that team at the time, and he told him about me, and then because they were an NRS team, but they're not continental so so they gave yeah so I got to race in that team and I got picked up and I was one of the lead riders for that team which is really cool and um they gave me they we did a training camp with them which was really nice um did a massive day we did like 230 kilometers and it was just like we did a time trial up this no we did a handicap race up this climb and then after like 180 kilometers in the legs, we did like a 20 kilometer club time trial. Oh, it was terrible, <laughs> but it was actually such a cool camp. Um, yeah, I think that kind of, I learned lots of experience from, that, from those guys too, because they were a bit younger and had, and they have been racing like in the NRS, so they could give me a bit more advice and stuff. They had a really good teammate, um, Kane, who was like, if you can imagine me, he's like just a massive, like, He's Australian, but can you imagine like a massive Belgian dude just has heaps, heaps of power? That's what he's like. So he just, yeah, he really helped me out. And then um, in the races, like we, they gave, they mean, I got an opportunity to race at NRS Tour Twee, um that year. And it was a pretty big race. And um, on the second stage, it was a hilltop finish. And that was the one that Jay Vine won. And I mean, he just rode away from everyone like, Jay, Jay Vine was obviously on a different level. And as a first-year junior, I think I think I finished ninth. Yeah, I was still on a 19 and I finished ninth on that one. And I think that's when I got recognised by ARA because I beat mm. ARA's like a con- continental team in Australia. And I think I beat all their guys uh, on that hilltop and I was like still under 19s. And um, so that was really nice. So I was given the opportunity to to do that to get that result and Kane really helped me like that big Belgian Australian dude like helped me get into position for the climb and then I was like riding with um some of the best 
riders in Australia up that climb and then I just got dropped in the last UK. So it was really nice. And, that, yeah, I think that that result got me that um, chance onto ARA. Yeah, it was a really nice team. During COVID, how did you stay motivated and did any lockdowns affect you? Yeah, I guess um, with the lockdowns and COVID and stuff, I don't know, just, yeah. Well, I actually hadn't, compared to most people, I actually haven't done that much racing. Like, I've never actually done that much racing. Like, I've only done, especially in, in Mackay, I was actually just mainly handicapped. So, club races, I'd go and do a few state races kind of thing. And I just always just trained really hard. And so, I always just sat on Zwift. Like, yeah, during the lockdown, it was quite easy because I'm also quite remote. So, I could just train by myself and then also train on Zwift when it, when it, like, when I could. So, I didn't really feel... I didn't really lose any motivation because I, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm quite competitive. I'm like, oh, you know, like I want to get as good as I can get for my next race. So I'm just like training as hard as I can and just smashing myself. So <laughs> I don't know. For, for me, I just, yeah, I'd just say I just kept motivated because I just wanted to like do as, to progress and develop as fast as I can. So, yeah, that's just what I had in my head, I guess. Was your racing affected in 2020 much? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Be- uh, we still did some NRS stuff, but not as much as I probably normally would. But I was still able to do like Queensland races, and that that had like some of the best best riders in Australia. Still, like the field wasn't as there wasn't as much depth in the field, but like. The top guys were always the top guys, if that makes sense. So I was still racing against really good guys in that year. So I got to see like what the level is. And it was really hard. And I raced actually quite a few hard like crosswind races. And the last race I did the best, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it didn't get affected too much in Australia because yeah, we didn't really have COVID because everyone it, we're just locked away from the world. So mm. yeah. In 2021, you competed in Zwift Academy. Can you tell me about how you joined this and what you had to do? Yeah, so 2021 Zwift Academy, I was, I, I had some good races on it at that time too, and I've been training quite hard throughout the whole year. Like last year, 2021, I trained really hard because I was like 19 years old. I was in a first year on 23 and. I was studying and so I had lots of free time to do, to really ramp up my training load and stuff. And then um, it was a really, I was like, okay, so the Zwift Academy is going to help. Like the way it's structured, you have five workouts and I think um, basically four tests and there are four different types of tests kind of thing. So, um, and I used to use the workouts as like around my training. So the test day, yeah, I basically use the testing and the workouts just around my training. So I do like two, maybe two workouts back to back to make them hard. And then I do like a test day, like I'd maybe do it on, on like a after recovery day and then do a test day. And it might be like an up to Zwift time trial. And I, I normally had like threshold intervals that day. So I worked around my training. That's what's so good about it because you can just work it around your training. Especially in Australia, there's probably not as much racing as it is in Europe. And it was a good part of the season because that's when people really start like ramping up before nationals. 
so I was probably in quite good shape then too. So yeah, I just um transfer it, and I was doing, uh yeah, I just had really really good shape at that time, and yeah, it was actually quite easy to do, and um yeah, it was quite easy process. I think I'd. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for anyone for advice for the academy, if you're going to do it, you need to like do it just around your training because like the, the coaches are going to look at it. And if you like treat every every workout as like a test or like, I don't know if you have like a full taper, it's every, it's every single test. Like that's kind of not what a stage race is like or racing in Europe like is like. You have to be able to back up day after day and I think I accidentally like I just didn't think much of it and I just used it as like training basically and then yeah I think that's one of the reasons why they selected me um that's what I was told anyway so yeah that's just a bit of a tip for anyone that's wanting to do it when you started did you not expect that you were gonna become a finalist yeah I didn't really expect it I eh? like I kind of, oh, I kind of had like, oh, actually, I kind of have a chance here because I have, I know like I'm quite good physiologically and I'm, I've done quite well on Zwift before because I've done a few, quite a few Zwift races and I've trained a lot on it. So I know my power doesn't drop that much on it and stuff. So I just gave it a chance and then I thought, oh, I didn't think too much of it. I'm like, if I just make even the semifinals where I'd be absolutely stoked. And then, yeah, I just made the finals like, um to be made you know, made the finals is absolutely crazy and then to see like the other finalist sam hill who was one of the best riders in australia at the moment at that moment and to make it with him was really cool so i was very excited yeah i really surprised myself and my family too there are a lot of australians in the competition is swift really popular in australia yeah it is really popular in australia yeah i think um Honestly, I can't tell you why. I think because maybe there was as much racing and a lot of people just race on it too. And then, I mean, um, yeah, I, I just it just is really popular in Australia. And also, um, I did get told by the coaches like they could have been in the top twenty. There were like four. There were like four Belgians, and they basically wish went off the strongest people. They were like, and there was quite a few more Europeans last year that were competed and stuff. And uh, I think um, we were just, yeah, the Australians were just stronger, I think, for some reason, yeah, physiologically wise. They just picked the stronger. So I think that's what they did. But yeah, it is really popular in Australia. Like, I think lots of people use it as it is really good training. You get really strong off it. So yeah, I think we just use it a lot. It's nice. Where were you when you found out you were going to be heading to Mallorca to uh, compete in the finals? Yeah, so I was actually, wasn't in my normal house place. I was actually in Tasmania, which is like, well, I was actually out staying at my girlfriend's house, which is in Tasmania, which is like that little island on the bottom. Yeah, so, and I found it like maybe a few weeks before I was going to go. And I was like, uh, it was like four, I think 5 a.m. in the morning, I found out. Because <laughs> Jay, Jay Vine, like they were like, they were like, the way they set it up, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to have like an interview and ask you questions and stuff. And they started like having this little fake interview. And then Jay Vine just popped into the Zoom, the Zoom call and he was like, yo, you made it to the academy. So like, that was really cool. And a few others got, got Matthew. So that was really cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, 
yeah, it was a, I was pretty surreal. And I, and I woke my girlfriend up at five in the morning, but she was really stoked about it. When you first went over to Mallorca, what was your first day like with the other finalists? Did you get on with everyone? Yeah, so I think like everyone got on really well. We were like just really good friends, you know, like, because, I mean, obviously we're competing against each other, but we're also just really good friends. Like we had lots of fun and like, because when we weren't getting, when we weren't riding our bike or getting interviewed, we'd just be like sitting and eating and like sitting in like the resort, just talking, just talking, you know, like about to each other about stuff. And they were, oh, there was half the finalists were Australians and I already knew some of them already. Mm. But um, it was really cool like, to talk to other people from different cultures and stuff. So, yeah, it was really fun. Like, yeah, so I'd say it was um, we're, we're really friendly and then we still keep on in contact with each other. So it's really nice. Mm. Yeah. Was it the first time that you'd been to Europe for cycling? Yeah, that was. it was the first time I'd ever been outside of Australia. Wow. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. And it was so cool. It was like, the first thing I thought was like, when you were like driving down the road and everything's like really old. I know, because Australia's like quite a new country, especially where I'm from. And like everything, there's like these old castles and like churches and stuff. You're just like, yo, what is this? Like... <laughs> You literally see it like in uh, movies, like you see movies like of like all, all these old castles and you're like, yo, it's a castle there. What's it doing here? Like 2022, you know, 2021. So, yeah, it was really, it was an absolutely awesome experience. And having someone else greet you in a different language, that was really weird too. Because I've only heard like hello and stuff in my life. And then I had someone just talk to me in Spanish on the plane. And I was like, yo. What are you saying? <laughs> it was really cool. When you got your Alps and Fenex kit and bike for the competition, how did that feel? Oh, it was like absolutely amazing, you know, like it felt like I got shot, like a shot went through my body. It was like I got tingles, you know. It was really special because it's a professional kit and, you know, you always see it on, on the TV and you see like, you know, big names winning races with it and it's just, it's really special and that canyon bike honestly that air road is absolutely rapid i'm telling you it's but they've got something in it it's like super lightweight and it's so aero and stiff and um yeah it's such a fast bike and it felt straight away you got on it you just like mate this bike is like rapid it's like cheating <laughs> and then yeah the duress is really nice too so yeah it was really special to be able to in that kit although um it's really funny like the director Christoph so so they had Nix and in Callus you have like small medium and then you have like a small plus which is for the extra length so like for climbers like skinny people and then um I had only they didn't have any plus like extra length ones so basically it was really short on me <laughs> and then like it revealed all my disgusting tan lines and the DS couldn't even look at me <laughs> He's like, you need to roll your next time. You look like woman. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty funny. He was not liking that. He's a bit obsessed <laughs> with that kind of thing, how you look. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. The first day was some hard efforts on Zwift. Did you feel a bit nervous about being in front of the other riders and coaches from Alps and Fenix? Yeah, I'd say I was probably like a little bit nervous 
we're also really excited and yeah at points so well I was like a bit quite a bit nervous and my heart rate was like so crazy like really high that day and I was like going so hard like I've probably never gone so hard like doing tests before in my life I was absolutely ending myself because like you just got to give absolutely everything I swear I swear like having yeah that pressure like that kind of well, I probably put more pressure on myself, but just having that, you know, the the two DS, the, the Alpus and coaches there and, a, and the DS there, like, standing right behind your back while you're doing an effort, like, just lifts the pain threshold even more. So it's crazy. On the second day, you were up against the Alpus and Fenix riders like Tim Millier and Matthew Vanderpoel. Were you a bit starstruck when you were riding with these riders? Yeah, it was a bit actually. Yeah, really. It was pretty surreal and it was really fun. And that was probably the funnest day we had. And also things like that didn't show on camera, like we did this 10 kilometer pace line through these really twisty Spanish roads, these farm roads. And um, it was that like they, the coach was like, okay, we are 80% now, 80%. We go 80%. And then like they're, the, um, the CEO is with Eric Min is there. So like the guy that owns with and pays Matthew's wage is there. And then like Eric's on the right and, and then like they say 80% and then Matthew just attacks straight away as hard as he can. The whole group is like single file and Eric Min's just like trying to get his cleat in. <laughs> he gets like dropped straight away. <laughs> it was so funny. But um, yeah, like they wanted to see like how we would handle our bike going to doing a pace line like rolling through smooth and like and that and Matthew was like bumping you on stuff to try and see how you'd react so that was really fun we were, we were probably we literally went like nearly 60 kilometers an hour 10k it was ridiculous because Matthew got in the back of a motor on the motorbike too because I was a film motorbike and he got on the back of it and the whole group was like stretched out we're going like 70 plus k an hour it's ridiculous yeah that was so fun and then the the lead out was actually really special because like you're doing a lead out against the best riders in the world you know it's amazing the ace squad of Alperson (laughs) yeah it was really that was just amazing I had so much fun the next day there was an elimination of a rider which meant that everyone had to up their game the day started with a road ride and then a points race on Zwift in the evening did you start to feel a bit of tension and pressure in the group as the competition went on? Yeah, we were we were actually expecting elimination. We didn't know that. And I think they did that, you know, like um, as a bit of TV kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I guess I put more pressure on myself in that. So, and... I don't know, in that point, I didn't do quite well. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I just didn't have the best day. I normally, yeah, I just didn't have a good day that day. So I, I was a little bit, maybe one of the elimination was like, yeah, when I got called, I was like quite nervous mm. for it for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, after, after like watching the videos and stuff, I think they were okay with it. But yeah, that was definitely like, when we first got told like there's elimination happening and like you saw it, like that was our live reactions. I was like really nervous. I think everyone was, you know, cause everyone thinks, Oh no, 
yeah, you could always get eliminated. You could have done something wrong or you might not have shown enough. So, yeah, there was definitely a lot of pressure, especially the next day too. Yeah, on the next day, you raced up Zakalabra, which you won, but it wasn't an easy win for you. Can you talk me through that race up that climb? Yeah, that back climb, like, well, actually, yeah, it wasn't an easy win, and they also wanted to see, um, yeah, I guess how you race on the road and stuff. And for me, I just, I knew, like, Sam was obviously really strong, and he was just, I was hoping he'd ride the front, front, like, well, when we descended, I tried to, like, scout and remember things. The descent was crazy. Matthew was going as fast as he could, going going down this descent, and it was just an Alperson train. And at points, we were, like, thinking, oh, my God. I was thinking, like, well, we could die. Like, the road narrowed, and if there was an oncoming car, we would all die. Like, that's how crazy it is. But, um, yeah, anyway, I was trying to, like, remember the way the climb kind of went when we went down it and then to, to remember it going back up because I kind of got a sus feeling that we'd, we'd doing, be doing something up it. And I was hoping that Sam would be overconfident and um, ride the front, which is what he did, which is really nice because of the first bit is actually quite flat. And I just sat on the back and I think people forget that actually being on the back of like a group is the most powerful place you can be because you see everything happening and you can respond to things so tactically wise is actually the best place to position and I think Byron felt the pressure that day because he attacked quite early and it was too it wasn't steep enough because it was still quite flat and pure power which was what Sam was doing he was just doing a time trial on the front of the group like that was yeah the best and then like Byron attacking quite a few times gave like you know a bone, a bone of chase for Sam. So that was quite nice. And then I, I tried to wait a bit until there was a bit of pressure and I could see people fatiguing a bit. And that's when I would, I launched a few attacks. And there was a, there was a few moments where I got away and I tried carrying Sam quite hard, but he, he kept time trolling back. And then um, on like this big, where it does like the, the 180, like I kind of like my, put in a really hard acceleration there and use like the road and I caught onto his back wheel and I was actually feeling quite good and I um, outsprinted him but I think I could have gone from maybe back further I think I should have gone from back further and just like absolutely whacked him I didn't realize how much he was suffering um, but yeah yeah it was a, a really quite tactical race too because yeah which was nice I think I tried to show that I was like a bit tactically minded, not just strong. I think that's really important road races, you know. On the final day when they were announcing the winner, how were you feeling beforehand? Oh, yeah, I was super nervous. Like, didn't feel real, hey. Um, It was actually crazy. Like, and then because I had a really good performance on that last day and I could get like, I kind of, I felt like I kind of got this vibe where, they were quite keen on me. And I think it was between more so me and Cooper than Sam because there was a few things that Sam did off camera too that maybe they didn't like as much and then the, the descending and stuff. So, um, yeah, that was – that could uh, – that I think that's what happened. So, I think I got this really good vibe that it was between me and Cooper. I think it was really close. And, um, yeah, I was, like, really nervous and excited and – Obviously, like, because 
you know, you've been, you've been doing cycling for so long, you trained so long and it just leads up to this moment. Like it's a life changing moment, you know? So yeah, there's, there was lots of like emotions of like happiness, excitement, nervousness. And yeah, it was really amazing, honestly. And, um, oh, there was so much tension when they were like, when they were revealing the finalist, it was such a long pause, you know, oh, it was killing me. Yeah. It's crazy. How did you feel when you found out that you'd won? Oh, I, it's really hard to put into words. It, it'd be like winning on like a an, like the one of the biggest races, like a Lavinia or something. You know, it was just an amazing feeling. It was oh, I. It's like pure excitement and also a bit of disbelief. Honestly, I was like, I was kind of in shock. You know, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say how I could, and I was quite speechless too. Yeah, it's honestly a a a feeling of kind of just disbelief at, at the very initial moment because, and it doesn't sink in obviously um, until maybe a few days after. But yeah, that's how it feels. It's just absolute disbelief. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like a life changing moment, you know. Winning meant that you got a pro contract with Absent Phoenix. Has it always mm. been your dream to ride for a team like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I've actually really wanted to get on a team, something like this, like, more not just an Australian team, but more, yeah, obviously any team would be amazing. But, like, being on, like, um, this is, like, a Belgian team, you know, it's very, it's actually really cool because they have a completely different, it's a different culture that you have to, like, learn and adapt to, which is quite which is really special and I think um, really cool. And then, you know, like when you think of Belgium's like it's the hard cycling and they know how to race their bike, you know, and it's really amazing. And then being on this team, what struck me is like just how professional they are. Like I think you'd be so surprised at how professional like everything is. Like they really do focus on performance and they focus on everything and they're very clear. Everything's very structured. It's like to the training, to the like to training, eating, recovery, um, working through illness or injury, or um, to your program, to like what they're trying to develop you into. It's yeah, it's quite special. Um, I think the way the team structured is perfect, and I think that's why they get so much success. So you started this season with their development team. Can you mm. tell me about your first training camp with the team? Yeah, I just finished my first training camp with the team. It was like 10 days of training with the boys. Um, I was the only well, – I was, I was like the only Australian there. Or like, and then there was an Australian, a German, and basically everyone else is Dutch, like Belgium mm. and one guy from the Netherlands. So everyone spoke Dutch. And um, it was actually really cool, like – Everyone's such the whole group of guys were so nice, and it was with the cyclocross riders because most of the developed riders actually cyclocross riders. Yeah. And I'm there, and I'm having dinner with some of the best cyclocross riders in the world. Like they get top tens in cyclocross World Cup every weekend, you know. So it's quite crazy being there with my teammates, and um, yeah, they were really they were initially, they were so friendly to me, and they spoke actually quite a bit of English to me which was so nice you know 
and um yeah they helped me a lot like they learned, they taught me lots of new things and stuff like um obviously they're an amazing bike handler so I was able to learn a lot from descending and I got really comfortable in the group with descending like through these Spanish twisty roads which is really cool um that was really nice and yeah like would you like me to run through a day what it's like on training camp? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, well, you get a schedule the night before and you get put into groups. So one group's, um, they go and wait because climbing and stuff. So 70 minus 70. So like 70 or less or like just above 70, 70 plus. So two groups. And um, so we get given the training and this is like, all right, so we wake up at like, let's say um, 7.45 and then we go to actually a room where we get health a health check. So they measure our weight, our hydration, our blood pressure, our blood oxygen saturation, our resting heart rate. And I think that's it, did I say, did I say hydration? Yeah, so they measure that throughout the whole camp to see how we're trekking with that. And then we, we come back to our rooms, get changed, go and have breakfast. And we get guidelines given to us sometimes as a chef, but this time it was a buffet. So you have, it's based on carbohydrates. So maybe a moderate breakfast, it's all to do with weight. So how many, how many carbs you have, like for me, like a moderate breakfast, maybe 70 grams of carb, carbohydrate. So maybe like, um, yes, you work that with the oats and stuff. We have scales and we will measure our food and we put it into training peaks Mm. and, um, yeah, so all the food gets measured and stuff and we have to, every every meal we have guidelines of how many carbohydrates we can eat and then we can fill up on other stuff like vegetables and stuff. So that's really, really nice. And then, um, you know, we've had breakfast we've, and we go back to our rooms, get changed and, and then we go for a ride maybe at like 10 and we have to be down there. Um, we put our shoes on, helmets and shoes and all our, all our nutrition is already made for us. So... The bottles are already on the counter with the gels. Then the bottles and the bikes they have they have carbohydrates in them, and then they've got um the, the amount of food you need like in little bundles on the table. You pick it up, put it in your pockets. So yeah, everything's done for you, and you just basically go and walk out on your bike, and then you get a little debrief, and then we go out and train. It's very structured. You know, we have to some days in endurance day we we have to sit in these zone, at these zones and we get in trouble if we go a bit too hard or not hard enough and then um like there were certain days like intervals everyone's like sitting sticking at their certain zones and stuff we did a few testing days where we had to test lactate and to find out the oil zones and stuff and our, our um power profile and all that kind of stuff so yeah it was um it's very structured and scientific, I'd say. Yeah. Wow. So that's basically your day. You come back and then you have your food and, yeah, it's quite structured. It's amazing. Wow, it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. How was it being away from home so much with, obviously, most racing and training stuff in Europe? Yeah, so my family is in Australia and um, the – so the time zone's like 10 hours difference. So I worked out the best time to call my girlfriend. I basically just call my girlfriend every day or every second day. We, we chat for an hour, we catch up. Because last year I spent basically the whole year with her. So we're really close. And um, 
I talked to her maybe the best time is like 10 a.m. my time to to like 12 to 1 p.m. here. Mm. So that's when most most of the time people are riding, obviously. So kind of have to like wait, like go out in the afternoon, which is I'm completely fine with. So um, yeah, I just talk to them more, mostly like in the afternoon. Otherwise, so yeah, our midday is like they're, they're at like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. So that's the best time. Um, and I've been trying to just communicate, like, you know, I could obviously call my girlfriend every every day or second day, and my parents are maybe once a week and stuff. Um, just like give them, you know, catch up and stuff. Yeah, you know, you're like, you miss, yeah, you like, obviously, you miss your family, and like, I really miss my girlfriend a lot, but um, she'll be coming over here soon, which is nice. She'll be doing some races in Belgium, um, some pro races, and then she'll stay six weeks with me here in Girona. And um, so that'll be really nice. She's also a cyclist a lot. She, she's a lot better than me. She's got lots, a lot more medals than me. She's like won the under 23 um, national like time trial and criterium just this year. And then the Oceanas won that too, like the time trial. And I mean, when she comes over to Europe, she's going to do really well. Um, so yeah, she's really racy in Europe. She's been in this on the Australian team and stuff. Like she's basically one of the best under twenty two riders in Australia at the moment. So, wow. um, yeah, so she'll she'll definitely be over here next year. I think um, which will be really nice. And then yeah, so and then I think my family's my mum's trying to work out when to come over and stuff. So um, it's a really good excuse for her to come over to Spain. You know, um, it's really cool. Yeah. Earlier this year, you represented Australia in the Swift World Champs. How did that go? Yeah, representing Australia in the Swift World Champs. Um, I think I got fifth last. <laughs> yeah, it was not the best race, that one. Um, I came back maybe eight weeks off the bike and then I had like three weeks back training. And I was I was a bit chubby and my... Um, my power wasn't really there much. So if you do the math on Zwift, it doesn't really work out that well. So that wasn't really the best race. I tried, I think on the first climb, the first time going up the climb, I was going as hard as I could and I was just getting absolutely piped. I'm like, oh man, this is not fun. But um, yeah, it was actually like so special to ride for Australia and to see everyone do well and obviously see Jay like win that. That was really cool. and I. Yeah, like after I like switched to, and I watched, I was watching the race, um, and then in the, for the last two laps, and I just saw Jay, and on the sec, the second last time we did the climb, he just like kind of rode away from everyone. I'm like, oh well, obviously he has amazing legs, and then um, yeah, he just absolutely destroyed it. Like Jay's really special, you know. Like um, within the team, everyone knows how good he is. Like he's physiologically nearly as good as the top riders in the world and in better in some areas than um, Matthew or something like that. So he is really special. So that didn't surprise me at all. And I'm really, it was really cool to see like the boys um, really sacrifice themselves, like especially Sam Hill. Um, he did some monster turns to, to bring that break back and keep it in check. And that was really special. You know, um, that was really cool to ride for Australia in that and it was just yeah um that was such a cool race uh, to see 
Have you done any racing with the team this year? No, I haven't done any racing with the team. Um, but uh, currently, probably can't tell you exactly what I'm doing at the moment. I could be doing some races in Belgium. Um, we're going to we're trying to work it out because I'm so basically what's happened with my license is so outside the transfer period you can't transfer from a continental team to another one. So I missed that and um. So like I've had to wait till June when that transfer period opens, but um I mean it's been completely fine and I might be doing some races, some um races in Belgium like some amateur stuff soon. So that would be really cool, just some black kit, mm. and um or I could be, yeah. But then I know straight away like I haven't got quite a, pro- a program yet, but they do have an idea, and I think I'll be doing lots. I think yeah, in like the second half of the year it'll be very um very lot I'll doing I'll be doing heaps of races it'll be quite a heavy block and uh, I think I'm I already got some good races lined up and a quite a, actually a really good mix with the pro team and the development team like mm. maybe I'm not quite sure but from the sounds of it, I could be doing more uh, races with the pro team just because so many guys have injuries yeah. so yeah it's cool isn't it do you have any goals for this year um, yeah, so like I'd say my first goal is to learn to race in the European peloton. Like, it's from the stories I hear from other Australians, it's just like crazy. Like, everyone's so good. Like, in Australia, there's like 10 to 15 guys that actually like matter in the race. Where in, in Europe, everyone, like, there's like 100 guys that are all on that level. So, it's really hard and you have to like, it's a, it's a lot, but the percentages are a lot smaller and they're obviously the pelotons are way more chaotic and it's bigger. Everyone's a lot better at positioning and stuff. So that's what I need to learn first, how to race in a European peloton. And, and then from there, hopefully um, get some results somehow help and help the team get some results. So I'm not quite sure what the expectations are. It's honestly really depending on how well I do, like um, when these in these first few races and see how fast I adapt. So, yeah, I could, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, they're going to really give me a, like a good range of races. So, like, you know, from um, you know UCI two point twos, two point ones to one point ones, one point two. So there's a really big range of like the level in those races so I think that'll be really cool yeah where do you see yourself in five years time in five years mm. <laughs> hopefully I'm still racing with Alpers and Phoenix and um I'm I'm one of the one of the guys that that are that's riding the tour or the or the grand tours and I'm mm. and it's me and Jay like we're helping each other out I think um I really think Jay can do really, really well in um in these tours and and do like quite well in some European tours and I think he needs like a f- maybe a few more domestics kind of thing like a you know like if you if if it's just him if he has some another teammate there that can help I think that would be awesome I think that's that's a role I think I could that's a role I can fill but also um I think. You know, it's also being um, not just like one trick pony, you know, you've got to also be good at other things. So maybe hopefully, you know, if I can 
yeah, it'd be really good for like rentals. That would be awesome. And like be able to ride big breakaway days and that might finish on a hilltop and I might get my own opportunity then or something. So yeah, I I I know I find um like time and time again, like just myself when my physiology is I just get really I just get better under fatigue most of the time. Like I think you could see in the Zwift Academy, like I got better in the last few days and then in the training camp, it was the same same thing. And then other tours I've done, it's the same. So um, I think uh, that would, I would suit that kind of riding. It'd be really cool. What's your favourite race you've ever done? My favourite race I've ever done? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I reckon probably like that on the Nationals, like, in Australia because it's the same circuit and it's such an interesting race. The way it's done, like a climber could win that race if it's really hard and they they could ride away mm-hmm. or a time trialist could win it or like a kind of like a classic sky could win it or a sprinter can win it. Like this year, under, under 23 Australian champion is, is a sprinter, which is really annoying for me. <laughs> I know, just really <laughs> annoying, but... Um, yeah, so like it really, it's such a court. It's a really interesting course. Like, because if you have a good day and if it plays out in your favor, that's how you win it. Yeah, I think that's my favorite race. I really like to do so far, but I'll probably, that answer will probably change once I do some racing in Europe. Obviously, the Commonwealth <laughs> Games are this year. Maybe mm. not this time. But maybe next time is the Commonwealth Games something that you'd be interested in doing? Yeah, definitely. I'd definitely be keen to do the Commonwealth Games. It's actually, um, yeah, obviously such a cool thing to do. And, um, yeah, it's quite special to represent in your, your country. I think um, also the World Championships are in Australia at the moment, uh, this year too, so that would be really cool to make that. Yeah. I don't know if... I don't know if the course really suits me that well. It's quite flat. We're just with the, with the climb and it's like on quite wide, wide roads. It'll be a bunch finish for sure. Or maybe like for the world championships for the under 23, it'll be, not, I think nine times out of 10, it'll be a, a bunch finish. Um, but hopefully I can race that one or maybe, yeah. But actually what's really cool is um, in like 20, I think 32 or 20, 2031, when it, those Olymp- when that Olympics year comes, the, um, the Olympic road race course is going to go past my house. Wow. On the hill, like, they're, they're going to do laps of literally my my road. Um, so that would be really cool, just to ride past my house in the Olympics. <laughs> That's something I'd, like, I'd really like to do. That's crazy. Hmm. So I know... There's probably a lot of races that you'd really like to do, but if you could pick one race that you haven't done yet that you'd love to do, what would it be? Yeah, I've really thought about this one. and Our team doesn't do it because um, you have to get specially invited to it. But at the moment, I think the under-23 Giro d'Italia, like the baby Giro, is so cool. Um, obviously, like, a really special race i quite like it i really like italian racing yeah well from what i see on tv i haven't actually done it but i just think that would be really cool to do the the under 23 giro d'italia mm-hmm. so yeah that would that would be probably the next race i'd really like to do friend of the podcast mitch docker is famous in the peloton for his mullet 
Now he's retired. Are you hoping to take his role? Yeah, I really hope I can take his role and live up to live up to the hype, live up to his um he's just an absolutely amazing guy and he's just like everyone knows how good he is. So I have to live up to him, you know. It's a it's a big responsibility to have that, you know. So hopefully I can um fill it quite well. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. So I feel I really hope I get to bump him to one day. Sure, I will. Nice yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, he is. Hey, where do you like to ride for fun? Oh, honestly, anywhere. Like, I really enjoy these Spanish roads. Are so fun. I would recommend anyone to ride in Girona. Like, it's actually beautiful. Like the, the and the descents and stuff, and like the variation of the roads are really cool. I really, I really do enjoy riding Girona. But probably also I've got like from where I was last year, those roads have got a special place in in my heart, you know, like there's some massive epic loops that you do. Like there's like this massive loop called I know um it's this Kenilworth loop. And you go out it's like 180 kilometers or something. You can make a turn if you wanted to, but um and then like maybe 140k, 150 kilometers in, there's like a bakery with the massive donut. Like that, it's famous <laughs> just for donuts. So you have this donut, but for some reason it just actually like makes you worse. I think because you have a massive sugar crash, like it goes up and then you have a crash. So you're like you're actually like kind of bonking and spacing out on this road, and then you have to go up. Like about 10 k's from the donut place, you have to go like this climb, and it's like 30 percent, and you've got, and you're like 150 kilometers in. So, yeah, that's like a really cool loop. That um, those roads. So, but I'd say yeah, definitely Spain. Spanish are beautiful roads to ride on. Do you still do much riding on your mountain bike? No, I don't. I had I had to sell it last year for money, unfortunately. So. I haven't really, I don't have a mountain bike at the moment, but I think maybe next year I'll buy one or I'll maybe get a hand-me-down frame or something and I'll build it up from the team. So, I mean, I've got a teammate, Sam Gaze, that can that can show me how to mountain bike. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Hopefully, I'd, yeah, I really want to get back into it. Who's your favourite current rider? My favourite current rider? Oh, it changes. I oh, know. Out of the Australians, I really like um, Ben O'Connor. He's a really cool guy. I like how he's like on a French team and he's like the only Aussie there and he's like the, one of the best climber on that team. He's, and he's kind of a bit older now and he's like gotten really well, good. So that's really cool to see. Like obviously, you have all these real cool young bucks coming in, but it's also cool to see when someone like picks a bit later in their career. It just shows like people peak at different tra trajectories, you know. Yeah, you don't have to be an amazing talent when you're like 19 years old. Who's your favorite rider of all time? All time, yeah, probably like honestly, like Mick Stockard. I <laughs> that's probably where I first actually got my inspiration for my mullet, you know. Mm. So I would say like he is because I used to listen to his podcast when I first started cycling. It was like actually so funny it was so good to, to listen to it so and then yeah being hear him talk about like Roubaix and stuff was so cool and watching him do it 
yeah, I just really loved it. So he's probably my favourite rider of all time. What's your advice for young riders? My advice for young riders, especially in the junior category, I would say is like, just like work really hard and it kind of ask yourself if you really like want to, I had this conversation myself, ask yourself like if you really want to try and become a professional and like if you do and you have to like assess it, you have to think like, like do I also want the lifestyle that comes along with it? I mean, in Australia, that's one of the things I knew, like I'd have to come over here and live by myself. Okay, do you want to live that lifestyle? Um, and then you have to like, so be like be really honest with yourself and then you have to really just work work hard on it like and actually like what i've noticed for the best riders in the world that they love riding their bike like if you don't actually love riding your bike maybe you shouldn't do it as a job yeah but um i know there are a few guys that can do it and they don't absolutely love it but um yeah if, so make sure you love the sport and then ask yourself like do you actually really want to become a professional and then work obviously incredibly hard, as hard as you can. And it's about working as hard as you can over a long time and then seeing where they get you. Mm. And then it's also a bit of self-belief, like you have to just believe in yourself and obviously having your parents support you is amazing, um, you know, but like it comes down to self-belief and once you have that, like you you can make it. Like if you don't have to, you don't have to go around saying, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be in this team and that and be just like it's internal, you know. So I'd say that's probably actually the biggest thing, just having self-belief because that's like what makes dedication instead of just motivation, you know. Yeah. I think dedication is more just doing it inside of it, just doing it every day, just out of, hab out of habit instead of like motivation goes up and down where dedication is just like, yeah, just like everything. What's your top tip for training, riding and racing on Zwift? Um, for Zwift, I'd say, yeah, it's really up to you. Like some people like really like training on Zwift and some people don't. It's completely fine. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I think, and honestly, Zwift will get you physiologically really strong. Like if you do an endurance ride on Zwift, you're going to be absolutely smashed after like three or four hours. And actually takes, I'd say it takes a month of constantly riding on Zwift to build up that, like, those muscles to, like, be, be used to it. Um, and yeah, it's obviously an amazing platform to train on, like, you know, it's perfect for intervals. And actually, like, Matthew goes and does, like, a four-hour ride and then he'll go on Zwift for two hours and do all, all his intervals. <laughs> so it's really good in that sense. So the best riders in the world use it. Um, and then, like, I'd say for racing, it's actually really good for racing too. The physiology is a bit different to racing on the road. Um, I'd say it's really about, like, your engine and also how punchy you are. It's really weird. Yeah, when the road is obviously attacked. But there's also quite a bit of tactics and stuff in Zwift that you can use on the road. You need to learn, like, you need to understand that there's a bit of a slingshot effect and there is drafting and stuff and, if you can like sag, if you can like get a run at the grip and sag like the climbs, if Elon's with, you know, that makes a big difference too. Mm. So um, also learn the game and learn tactics and don't just don't think it's just all about what's peculiar because it's also about tactics. Yeah, which is cool.
I'd say, for racing. It's really fun. You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race. What's on your playlist to get you motivated? What's on my playlist? I don't know. Um, <laughs> mostly just the modern hits, I'd say. I don't, I've had this playlist for like four years now, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Maybe like some um, some some rap or something. I don't know. But I'd say just like whatever's modern. But I think what's in the in the races now. I'm going to have like some Dutch dubstep definitely, but before the races, I'm, there's going to be like a, just a team bus full of Dutch guys that have like these massive speakers that are just going to be playing Dutch dubstep. So that's what I'm going to have to be getting used to. Thank you so much for joining me today, Alex. Thanks for having me, Georgia. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks so much to Alex for being on and good luck to him for all of his races this season. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and let me know your feedback. See you on the bike.